Hello, and welcome back to Now Screaming, episode 30. I'm Evan Culbertson. And I'm Liz Smart. And we're watching all the horror movies currently streaming on Netflix. So you don't have to. We are back. We've been away for about a month About a month-ish, yeah. Because we had to move. A little hiatus, moving to a new apartment. Yeah. Into a new podcasting space. We have a new studio. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's the first studio. We were not yeah. recording in a studio before. <laughs> we used to record in Liz's bedroom. Mm-hmm. And now we record in a closet that yeah. functions as a studio. I love this closet. It's a great closet. We're surrounded by, like, amps and luggage. <laughs> Guitars. It's really exciting. A microwave. My keyboard. Yeah. So it's great. I love it. And uh, now we get to talk to the people again. I've I'm missed, excited. I've, I've missed podcasting. I've missed podcasting, too. I just feel like this movie was what was, like, stopping the works also. Like, we've been <sighs> we've been moved in for, like, three weeks. And we, it, it, it is a factor of the movie, to be completely fair. <laughs> to be 100% fair to you, I put off watching this movie as long as I possibly oh, yeah. could. Now I feel like I've, I'm, I'm worried about myself a little bit, because I watched it when we were originally going to record. Like, right. I think before we moved, we were going to record, and yeah. I... I watched it that week, so who knows what this will be like. It might just be you hating it and me being like, sure, I yeah. don't remember. Oh, I've got plenty to say. But I have seen it before, so look, there that is a factor. We should say what movie we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Uh, which the, is, in- the Invasion. Yes, 2007 mm-hmm. remake, question mark, of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. Based on the novel by Jack Finney called The Body Snatchers. From the 40s or 50s. I wish I had written down a date, but from yeah. days of yore. It's a little novella. It was mostly directed by Oliver Hirschbeigel, um, a, Ger- a German man. <laughs> this was his first big studio picture. Uh, he's also made a biopic of Princess Diana in 2013 and a movie about a failed assassination attempt of Hitler. Oh. Um None of which uh, has made any money, because this movie was such a big flop that I'm sure Hollywood kicked him the fuck out. Yikes. So we should say up front, um, this is this is a bad movie, but we talk about plenty of bad movies on this podcast. This is like a, a, a big budget, well not that big budget, but like a Hollywood disaster flop. Right, because like, normally the bad ones we watch, the movies we've so far been like, like Deathgasm, Hell's Re- Hellraiser Revelations... Have been like low budget, stupid. Like we're yeah. not surprised. I guess a similar one would be like the right kind of failed, and that had a big name in it. Not the level. I mean, but it wasn't. It wasn't as high profile. Like the, I remember when this came out, and you saw it in theaters. Yes. Like this was clearly some people were talking about, um, and it it did not do well. No, it uh, is a sixty million dollar budget. It made fifteen million in the United States, forty million worldwide. Uh, either way, a terrible return. Um, <laughs> we should talk a little bit about. The the making of this movie. Sure. The I'm, Warner I'm Brothers. ready to hear this because yeah. I know you have a lot of backstory. <laughs> oh, yes. So this is the fourth major filmed adaptation. There's the 56 version. There's the 78 mm-hmm. version. There's a 93 version. And then Warner Brothers wanted to make this one. I don't know the 93 version, so I'm, I'm interested to hear about it. I don't know that much about it. It's okay. the least popular. Yeah. Um, well, I'm sure this is the least popular. Anyway, so it stars Nicole Kidman and Daniel Craig, big stars. Uh, but it was filmed in September, October 2005 by our German friend, Mr. Hirschbeigel. Mm-hmm. But Warner Brothers watched what they filmed and were really not happy with oh, it. Oh, no. So they called up the Wachowskis, of Wachowski fame. Are you serious? And were like, can you fix this? And they said, no, we'll write, we'll write some stuff to like reshoot it but my not- jaw is dropped right now by the way like <laughs> i have no idea the wachowskis yes. were involved they didn't want to like really be too involved so they got their go-to guy a guy named james mcteague um to handle the reshoots james mcteague is like their assistant director on everything he directed oh, wow. um v for vendetta which is known oh. as a wachowski produced thing yeah uh, he made The Raven, the John Cusack I know, horror movie. never heard of it. Um, he also is the assistant director on, or he was an AD on Attack of the Clones. Oh! A Star Wars story. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Warner Brothers gives James McTeague $10 million to go, go do some reshoots. Okay. In January 2007, reminder, they, they first shot the movie in fall 2005. It's now 2007. They've missed their original release window. 
They're just trying to clean this mess up. 17 days of reshoots. In that time, Nicole Kidman gets in an accident and broke multiple ribs. Are you kidding? No. Oh my god. That's crazy. I assume it's the... There's a big stunt sequence at the end. She was in a Jaguar that was being... Right. Towed by the stunt driver. They crashed into a light pole. Oh my god. (laughs) Um, Nicole Kidman was also paid like a, a ton of money just to be in this. Uh, the interesting context is, like, she's coming off of, again, this is two, this came out in 2007, mm-hmm. but filmed in 2005. She's coming off some 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 duds. She can't, like, Bewitched. Was this one Stepford Wives? Oh, Bewitched. Yeah. Oh, and one was Stepford Wives. A couple years before Bewitched. Wow, um, yeah. And then there's there's some indie movies around this time. That's why I didn't like her for such a long time. Because I was like, she when I was in the prime of my seeing all these movies when I was, like, 14 or 15 years old, and I was like... Seeing movies all the time is so fun. Yeah. Like, let's just go to the movies constantly on my parents' money. Uh, when it's easy to go see movies all the time, I was seeing her in all these terrible... Although I love Stepper Wise, but, you know, it's not a good movie. <laughs> the other nerdy part is, like, Daniel Craig is in this. James fucking Bond. I said that today. I was like, wait a... S- that's Daniel Craig. Like, I knew yeah. it was him, but saying it out loud is so different from just knowing that. So, Casino Royale came out November 2006, so he would have been known... But he was already Bond. He was by already this Bond, point, but he had filmed this That's beforehand. The thing. I'm oh, sure God these were like damn. filming around the same time. Yeah, this and, and Bond. And this doesn't have to but be again, a failure. Again, he had to come back after Casino Royale had come yeah. out to do reshoots for this. Jesus Christ! And watch Nicole Kidman break ribs. Wow. So yeah, this was a this was a total disaster. Mm-hmm. Just for context, uh, we'll talk about the other invasions of the body snatchers later Mm -hmm. the 1956 one is extremely popular regarded as one of the best movies of all time rotten tomatoes isn't everything but rotten tomatoes score for the 56 one is 98 percent oh damn the rotten tomato score for the 1978 one is 94 percent which is extremely high for a 70s horror movie yeah it's different because critics Uh... really look back on like you know classic movies in the 70s for a movie to get for a horror movie to get uh above 90s is insane. We'll get into this later, but the we'll 70s about... one has one of the stupidest moments in film history, so we'll, like... We'll talk about it later. Why? Um, the 70s one okay. is, is really good, but everyone thinks these movies are good, but... I know. The Invasion, sitting at a paltry 19%. Yeah. Nobody likes this movie. No, I mean, who would? It's not... It doesn't really... Like, who's it for, I guess? Is it? Is it... We'll propose... That's my question I'm proposing for the... Who is this movie for? Because it's got Nicole Kidman, Daniel Craig... It's Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which is, like, just kind of a classic alien story. Yeah. Like, there's nothing really specific about Body Snatchers that's different from anything else alien-esque. Because, like, contextually, I read Tommyknockers, like, right before we watched this. Or right before I watched it, at least. A couple weeks before you did. Um, and they're essentially the same story. Tommyknockers is just, like, a million times more sure, fleshed out. but this came first. Yeah, but, like, it, but then that's what I'm saying, is just that, like, it's it's all the same alien story. Like, it's sure. just, it doesn't, and, like, Tommyknockers is just more specific. It just took... Stephen sn- King just took Invasion of the Body right, Snatchers. and made it more interesting, <laughs> but Body Snatchers is a very basic baseline story that doesn't actually have a, it doesn't have a lot to do, and that's part of why I feel like Invasion, this movie, uh, doesn't do anything with it. It takes what there's nothing of and does more nothing. This movie definitely does nothing with it. We should... Let's talk a little bit about the plot. I really don't want to get bogged out of the details. Well, no, it's easy. I, I actually just explained the plot earlier today. Uh, I was we talking, we, we I was should walk to, through it a little bit. Yeah, but it's but it's basic. The basic plot is that... Uh, the space shuttle Patriot uh, is destroyed in re-entry. There mm-hmm. are astronauts on it, and they all die. Like, yeah. is Challenger the one that... No. Challenger's the one that blew up on its way out. Oh. You don't care at all. Uh, I, don't know. I don't know anything about space shuttles. Space shuttles takeoffs. coming back. It explodes. It leaves a trail of debris from Dallas to Washington. Mm-hmm. They say this many times. This movie takes place in Washington, D.C., by the way. Um, there's some organism on the debris. Uh, this Pe- movie throws, People touch it. Like This movie throws so much science jargon that serves no purpose. Yeah. But basically, there's an organism on it. People are trying to figure out what's going on. And it gets spread very quickly because people are not being safe about it because it's crashing over so many places. People are just walking out of their house and being like, oh my God, what's this? And touching it. And so this alien virus is suddenly spreading around. We mostly see America. Do we assume that it's also the world? Or is it like, it's just really America. Centralized in America. But so people start acting strangely it's like 
Um, Nicole Kidman is the main character. She's a therapist, so, so she starts a- having conversations with her one of her patients about like her patient's husband is acting strange. He's normally really like intense and fiery and angry, and now he's just kind of chill and like doesn't really let anything affect him, and it's very strange for them. And Nicole Kidman has a son, and uh, Jeremy Northam is her ex-husband, and he Who's works. Jeremy Northam. He is her ex. He's her ex-husband, and he works for. Is the... it a famous actor? He looks familiar to me. That's why oh, I wrote okay. his name down. Um, you, he is re- to me. He has a recognizable face. He's her ex-husband, and he works for the government. He's works for like the CDC, right? Yep. Um, so he's like right on the ground floor of this, like talking to the government about it. From there, I guess it really. I feel like there's just not a lot of plot in this. It just yeah, kind of just moves forward, and people just keep getting. Well, she you know, slowly more and she more. She meets infected. with the Russian ambassador for some reason, because um, Daniel Craig is also involved, and he's her best friend. So they're he's going a off scientist and doing things of together. Some sort. Yeah, they have another friend. Uh, <laughs> they have another friend. Correct. They have several friends. Listen, this movie really sucks. Well, like I don't. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to get into like. Yes, there's a whole plot with the Russian ambassador and uh, the two, like two of Daniel Craig's friends who call them over and are like, "Our friend is like in trouble. He's got slime all over his face." But like, who cares? Like, the main point of this movie that we're talking about is slowly people start getting infected. And um, oh, the guy he plays Beatty in Hunger Games. The black guy. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, from Westworld, yes. Yes, oh, from Westworld, yes. He uh, is the scientist. He's like, he's the main scientist, and they figure out that That's this their is their other like, friend I was talking this about. This is their other friend. Okay, gotcha. I was like, they have several friends. Um, they figure out that, like, basically this virus gets into your body, and it only starts taking effect once you go to sleep, and it, like, affects you during your REM cycle. So as long as you never sleep, it you're will fine. Never, yeah. So... You're going past this way too fast. The opening shot. Why of this do you movie... want to talk about it so much? Can we just move through no, this plot? Okay, no. fine. The opening of this movie is her is Nicole fucking Kidman chugging Mountain Dew, like and does, taking and, Adderall yeah, by the fist. Yeah, Ritalin. Yeah, it is absurd. And the, there's little muttering um, in her brain, I guess, which is like can't sleep. Oh my god, can't, can't sleep. Mountain Dew soda, calories, soda, <laughs> sugar. But she starts saying scientific names yeah. for things. She's like glucose. <laughs> like. Why? Okay, so if you don't talk about the if you don't talk about the plot, then like I really don't. I feel like like right. It's just an alien movie. It's just ta- it takes over their bodies, and it's the kind of aliens who they don't want to like kill you. They just want to make more of themselves. Well, so sure. all these people who are infected are just trying to infect others by like spitting on their faces and spitting in their drinks and you know just bodily fluid like from each you know each person to each person and then slowly then people go to sleep and then they wake up and then they are aliens and they're just walking around real calm they don't show any emotions they're just like these you know zombie-esque kind of characters and they're going about their daily lives but it's and their their mission is clearly to like make more of myself they're like kind of they're trying to replicate and um Nicole Kidman's ex-husband is, like, the main conflict of this movie is that Nicole Kidman wants to, like, protect her son. Like, that's that's her main situation is just, like, me and my son need to, like, get out of here. But her ex-husband is trying to, like, get the son away so that he can turn him into an alien. Right? Like, yeah. what else is there to talk about? I mean, I agree that it's not very interesting that, like, the main conflict, and it's frustrating, is that Nicole Kidman doesn't really care about the pod people. She just wants Ollie, her son, who's also immune for some reason... I was going to get to that. That's like that's like a thing from later on. They don't figure oh, it out right away. So now you're saving parts of the plot. Yeah. Well, the whole, the, really the first like hour and a half is just the same situation. It's just people running around the streets being like, why is everyone being so weird? And then like the other half of the people being like, please just step into this car and like, don't fight it. And it, that's, that's it. But that's it for such a long time. Sure. There's people like running down the streets crying. No, you don't have to describe it. Okay. I'm just saying so much. That's so much of the movie. I feel like yeah. And then we get to the last act, which is fucking insane. Sure, it's an absolute shit show. There's no plot at the end. Uh, well, Daniel the- Craig is like, we're gonna make the world a better place. Don't you want that? You give people pills because you're a psychiatrist. Uh, we're doing the same thing. You are just cutting so randomly around. No, that's like the end of the movie, right? But we have to say that he got turned. He gets turned first. Everyone gets turned. Every single person gets turned no. except for her and her son. No, that's not yeah. true. Yeah. Everybody in Washington is not turned. You're so you're totally Actually, wrong. Actually, right. No, no, no. Everybody except for Nicole Kidman, uh, the guy from the Beatty. Hunger Games, 
Petey, uh, and Ollie. Everyone else in Washington's turn. That's not true. Okay, yes, it is. No, hold on. This is the situation. Earlier in the movie, Beatty is like, I'm going to this lab. We're figuring it out. If we can find people who are immune, we can get their, like, blood or whatever, and we can make, uh, what's the word? An antidote. So it's like, if you can get Ollie to DC by this time or as soon as possible, we can, like, figure this thing out. So then her goal is just to get Ollie and get to DC because they'll be safe there. in DC the whole time. We'll get to wherever he is. Fort Knox. Isn't it called Fort Knox? It's in Fort Knox. One of the forts. Some fort. He's like, come to this specific location where we have scientific equipment and we're going to figure it out. Bring him here. So it's just about getting him there. And Daniel Craig is supposed to help them, but then he gets turned. And yes, he has a whole monologue. Um, which I want to talk about later because it's one of the, like, quote-unquote points of this movie that is, like, common among alien movies. And similar to Body Snatchers and Tommyknockers. But that's that's the last act goal is just stay awake for long enough to get me and Ollie to Fort Knox. Right. And the last act is a Michael Bay movie. Like fully. Yes. Yes. It stops being anything horror, anything thriller, and it's just action. You know what? This isn't a horror movie. I should have said this up front. This is not a horror movie. Yeah. There's only a no couple aspect. really scary parts. No, no, no. No, no, no. Nothing about this is even remotely shot or treated like a horror movie. There are parts that are treated like a like a action thriller. thriller. Yeah. Like, but like not like a... Um, not like a horror thriller. It's more like it's like a fucking like it's like Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. It's like it's a fucking action movie thriller. Running yeah. down hallways, ducking no, behind. Like, I would say the only exception to that is there's always going to be an element of horror in um, the way that these people are behaving because it's like it's similar to like Children of the Corn and things like that. Where like specifically, and I'm only talking about this very one one scene because you're totally right. Way more of this is action thriller than anything, potentially even just regular thriller. Like, it's, you're right. But there's one scene where she uh, is has been taken by her ex-husband and his mother and other characters, and they have forced her to sleep. They're like, get in this train bathroom, this like Amtrak train bathroom, and go to sleep. And she basically tricks them into thinking that she has slept and that she's one of them. So there's this whole scene of her like, walking along complacently and sitting in the house and eating with them. And then she and Ollie like see each other and have to have this moment where they like, don't know if either of them has already been turned and they're trying to be like, they don't want to alert the other one that maybe they to like to the presence of the others. But like, so they have to have this like code kind of situation between the two of them. And that sort of scene is reminiscent of horror to me because it's small because like everything else you're saying about it being, you're making it sound so much more interesting than it is. It's very bland. Of it's course. Like, but, uh, but like the scene you're talking, talking about, about is very interesting. Bland. I'm talking about elements of horror, horror tropes. Sure. But it doesn't make it a horror movie. I never said it was a horror movie. I'm just saying that there are elements of it that, and I wished more of the movie was like that. Like, I guess that's what I'm saying is like, but the third act has extended car chase scenes yes. again. That no, I wrote that down. Broke Nicole Kidman in half in real life. There's a, a pod person throws a Molotov cocktail at her car. Um, she's like driving the car and she like throws them off the hood and they show it from like six different angles. Mm-hmm. There's a helicopter. It is nutty. Isn't the last bit too is just them getting in the helicopter and then it just yeah. cuts back to like the news stories again. That's I, how this movie opens and closes. By the way, is with like clips of news stories we'll get to the ending the ending is the ending is the worst part of this movie the ending took this movie from like unacceptable to like the last shot infuriating no the whole ending i don't remember i don't remember the news stories right yeah what happens at the end i don't remember is we'll talk about okay i'm already getting worked up we're so early in i hate this movie i know i as i mentioned on the podcast last episode so long ago i did see this movie in theaters in 2007 and I thought this movie was so bad. And my friends and I weren't paying attention to this movie because it sucked. And we're talking in the theater and it's to date the only film I have ever been kicked out of from the movie theater. Were uh, you heckling it also? Or were you no, just talking no, and we not were just paying talking. attention? I'm sure we were making fun of it, but we weren't like shouting at the screen. Yeah. Uh, and someone cared so much that they requested that we be escorted from the theater. And we were. <laughs> it's about 33 minutes in because I remembered when watching it oh yeah uh the census guy is like trying to get in her house presumably to spit on her face yes that's um, exactly what he's trying to do and that is the last thing that i saw that's so funny time. that feels so early in that movie you missed so much garbage 
That's the only part of the movie that scared me, legitimately. The census guy? Uh, he does this weird thing where he comes to the door, she has the the chain on it, and so she's like, oh, hold on one second while I, like, uh, go get something, or give me one second, or whatever. She, like, turns away for a second, and in that moment, the census guy, like, I can't even describe what he does. He, like, kind of lunges at her with his teeth bared, and he has this very feral look on his face, and it's very, like, the juxtaposition of their calmness the like way that the aliens are they're like very relaxed and like emotionless and then he kind of like snarls at her and it's very uh it's it totally jolted me out of my seat it was the only thing in the whole movie that made me like so interesting i actually rewound it and watched it again because i was like that's freaky i just i honestly feel like there's just there's like no tension in this movie i mean i guess like that's not fair. It's few and far between. The ten- Well, the tension of her not sleeping, I feel like, is... No. That they try, at least. I, I guess. But, like, Nicole Kidman sucks in this. She does. Like, she is phoning it in. Yeah. The writing is bad. It's the shot... The really we'll, bad. We'll talk about the cinematography in a second, but, like, it is shot so distractingly that it is impossible to get in, like, this character's mind at all. And everybody is like that. Like, I think that Daniel Craig and uh, her husband, specifically Jeremy Northam... He is awful. Like this is a person I've seen in other things where he's been accept- he's been passably acceptable, and I don't know if it's his acting or the way it's shot or the script. It's probably a horrible combination of all three. But he is painful to watch. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, right? yeah. Like he he'll just come in and be like, "Hello." I don't remember her name in the movie, but he'll, he's just he's so awkward is and it like Carol. No, the guy, her husband. Oh, Tucker. His name's Tucker. His name's Tucker. What's her name? Carol, right? Is it Carol? I'm I have no sure idea. Uh, he's just, it's its so awkward. And again, this is like a big budget movie with big budget actors. Like, where did this go wrong? I, I don't understand. Everywhere. Yeah. I mean, if you want to actually like talk about that question, I really did some Googling to try to figure this out. Uh, like an oral history of the invasion kind of thing that someone needs to do. Oliver Hirschbeigel is, like, irrelevant. Like, these other movies um, aren't notable at all. The Wachowskis have completely disowned it. They were like, yeah, we weren't really, like, you know, involved. James McTeague doesn't do that many interviews. Please don't talk to us about this. (laughs) Basically, like, nobody wants to own up to having been involved in this. Nicole Kim is just like, yeah, I broke my ribs. It it really sucked. Uh, Yeah, she's like... Whenever, whenever I picture not liking about Nicole Kidman when, like, she's doing her bug eyes... And she's a bad haircut, and she's, like, wearing really stupid outfits. Like, it's this movie. Sure. See, I, I don't like the other end of Nicole Kidman either, which is the, um, like, her and Lion. Like, the performance is so... I think there's an in-between. I think she's... she's no, well, sure, but I think there's a good Nicole Kidman out there somewhere, right? And that's... It's big Little Lies. No, but that's the in-between, right? So she's either, like, this sallow sap of, like, not even, like, in, like un- unability no, to, like... No, because she can do that well. That's what the, the others... That's what you like in the others. She's like a weird like. No, her performance in the others is like really like, it's it's a lot more subtle. Like yeah, it goes to extremes, but like, there's a lot of range in her performance in the others. But it's uh, but I think it's similar. It's that same kind of like, bug eyed like over overbearing mother thing that she's doing in this movie. But it's just better, and maybe it's because it's a better script and it's a better movie. She's more to work with. You cannot convince me that Nicole Kidman cared for any second of this. Like, I agree. That's what that's what I'm saying is that there's it is specific about this movie that like Nicole Kidman can do this thing, this overwrought mother, um, like thing. Well, she just did it in the others, and she didn't do it in this movie. Yeah. yeah several some... wives is like that too. She's like she's uh, high maintenance and type A, and it could be really annoying. And I find it. I know that movie didn't do well, but I liked it. So again, the this third act I think really sucks, and the ending is like I said catastrophic but this movie is so bad throughout and i want to talk about the cinematography and the editing and the shot selection because it is exhausting first thing like this movie really wants us to see nicole kim in her underwear like there are so many gratuitous like her undressing for no reason shots there's like i truly am not kidding three sequences can't remember a single one of them there's three sequences of what she undresses it also really wants us to look at her feet while she's driving I have never seen <laughs> a movie, like, so obsessed with, like, cutting to a woman in heels, like, working, like, gas and brake pedals. It is... All right. 
And again, I shouldn't notice these things, but it's so yeah, I didn't, prevalent. Yeah, I didn't notice a single moment. It's so distracting. She drives a lot, too, is the thing. Well, yeah, she's and she's fucking Michael Bay driving, like we talked about. Yeah. She's, like, zooming all over the even streets. Even when she's not, even when she's, she's trying baby to... baby driver. She's trying to... T- <laughs> no. <laughs> Do not slander the good name of baby driver. Um, even when she's driving Ollie to her ex-husband's house for the first time, a woman runs out in the road and she has to stop. And there are two separate, like, sequ- segments of that where it cuts to her feet, and it's very strange that's very weird but like that's not really my complaint the thing that just seems so amateurish and this is gonna be hard to describe but there's a lot of parts in this movie where they do a lot of quick cuts to try to show multiple things happening at once so it'll cut between intermittently between the current thing that's happening and then the next thing that's happening so it'll be like her doing something and then her running down a hallway i think that's an example i showed you yes but it's it's throughout it's where it's trying to like it's trying to speed up time or like fuck with it because like sometimes it feels like it's flashbacks yeah it's it's not your it, i don't know how you're describing it but it's like well, what happens is like t- there's one moment whatever the moment is it's her coming to a door or it's her um uh d- driving in the car or her like, looking something up on the computer her looking up on the computer where like um it'll show you over a span of like 10 seconds almost seemingly the shots out of order so you'll see her her getting frustrated, her finding the door, her getting frustrated again, her finding the door again, and then her running down the hallway. Like, they're showing you out of order, like, and then, and then it's, so it's flashing back and it's flashing forward. It's just, it's just chopped. And you take, like, if the reel is just one thing, it's just chopping up the little pieces well, and, like, moving them around. And sometimes there are actual flashbacks, like, right. for, like, a frame at a time, like, for no reason. Yeah. I actually feel like it was for a reason. I, I don't, don't know what the, so that's the, I don't yeah. know what, like, the goal was, but it makes it so, like, it, it pulls me out, like, it's so disjointed, right? I will tell you what it, the, what it felt like the goal was for me, and it's because this movie is all about time, because it's about uh, her trying not to fall asleep. So that's a, a that's a hot fucking take. Well, I just, um, let me finish. So for me, one of the main things about this movie was that like for so much of it, she's trying not to fall asleep, and there's times that I wish that I wish this movie was like mostly about that. It's okay, I felt like it was. Uh, okay, but like there's an hour of this movie in which she's not trying not to fall asleep. Sure, but the most interesting part is the not falling asleep part, sure. and it's and it's a solid hour probably that she's trying not to fall no, asleep. No, no, no. Okay, fine. You're describing Three a better minutes. movie. If this movie anyway, was focal- if this movie is... was focalized around her trying to not be, like, infected and become a pod person, that's, like, a much... It is. No, she, it's not. Yes, it is, because she she doesn't want to be a pod person because she's trying to save her son. It, she no. knows she knows that if she becomes a pod person, she will not save him. So, like, sure, it's not it's not for self-interest, but, like, it's for her son. But she's she is trying desperately to evade the pod people and not fall asleep so that she will not become a pod person. My point is, is that when you do that chopping up little feeling, it segments time in that way of when you are really tired and when you are not even just tired, but like exhausted to the point you've like been up for two nights in a row and time isn't real. And like, you're like everything, all, all moments feel that way. Like they're all existing at the same time and just chopped up into little pieces and moved all around. That was what it made me feel like it was, it was the combination of like, they're operating on a deadline. She's not slept in many hours and she is like frantic and manic with panic. That was a lot. Why did I just say that? <laughs> anyway, that's Again, what it, that's what it did for me. Sure, I, that would work, except that it does it well before there's even a threat. Totally, no, that's what it, but when she's googling like people, I don't think I think my husband's replaced. That's like, the threat is present at that point. The threat no, is present. There's never a normal. Not in this the movie. sleep thing you just said. You're right. You're right. But the idea of like of panic and time. I'm just saying, it didn't bother me. I feel like as much as it bothered you because I did feel like there was a point to it. It didn't just feel like meaningless, bad filmmaking. It may not have worked, but I saw the point of it, I the feel fu- like. The, God, the fucking flashbacks, too. I forgot, like, there are so many flashbacks in this movie. I'm, like, looking over my notes. Are there? Just, like, a million, like, rapid, contrived flashbacks. <laughs> we also have to talk about, because uh, the science of this is so hand-wavy and stupid, it rewrites your DNA, by the way. That's you fall what, oh, asleep. Yeah, that's what it does. And it rewrites your DNA. While you're sleeping. In your REM cycle. In Yeah, yeah. So if you fall asleep for a second, you're fine. I, yes, you have to be an REM. I actually think this is a good opportunity to sort of connect this to the other mm-hmm. acclaimed versions. Mm-hmm. So the 1956 version, directed by Don Siegel, who ended up making the Dirty Harry movies, or at mm-hmm. least the big Dirty Harry movies. Again, that is the original adaptation of the Jack Finney novel. It is 
Again, critically acclaimed. Widely regarded as a commentary on McCarthyism. Like everything is. Super interesting. And the 78 one is Philip Kaufman, who made The Unbearable Lightness of Being, some other stuff. Mm -hmm. Starring Donald Sutherland. The, yes, not The Unbearable Lightness of Being. The, uh, no, the, no. The Age of the Body Snatchers. The Age of the Snatchers, yeah. Yeah. Uh, incidentally, um, Philip Kaufman, later in life, made an HBO movie. <laughs> this is an anecdote for no one. I'm so sorry, listeners. Uh, HBO movie um, called Hemingway and Gellhorn. Starring Nicole Kidman and Clive Owen. Oh, wow. Uh, about Ernest Hemingway and... Gellhorn. Uh, <laughs> she's a journalist, and it's about them sleeping together and having banter. It's a very long movie, and I Fun. watched it once in college, and it's decent. Uh, also has... I mean, only for you, I'm assuming. No. Alright. I don't know. Nicole Kidman's in it, and she's also in The Invasion. I thought sure. that was... Listen, I already apologized for this. Alright, go ahead. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> Uh, so just like to compare this, like this is a very different thing that's going on. So in all these different ones, like the pod people, I mean, this is where the, like the term pod people comes from. We refer to that as like people who've been replaced because of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Mm -hmm. um, they lose emotions. They're replaced while they're asleep. But in the other ones, they're actually like physically replaced. There are doubles. Mm -hmm. um, and the doubles are in pods, right? The originals are in pods. No, they ha the aliens hatch out of pods. Mm. And then... I don't know what happened. Like, sometimes... There's definitely the bodies. They have to get rid of the bodies somehow. Um, in the 70s one, it's like a common... It's like halfway between because it's like a an alien spore. It's like it's like an right, infection. Right, right, Whereas right. in the original, I don't think there's any infection element at all. It's just like... No, yeah. They've come just, to Earth. Yes, they're going to double yes. us and they're going to replace us. Um, in this movie... Hence the body snatching element. Yes. Right. In this movie, it's just an illness. Uh, like... You contract it, and then they become you. We'll talk about mm -hmm. the aftermath in a second. And I legit, like, think that really cheapens it. Just, like, from that level of... I don't know. I actually disagree. You just you just get sick, and then now you're a pod person? Yeah, I think the reason... Because there, that... no, there are no pod people. Now, right, no. I think, I think the reason that I like it is the suggestion that, like, there's a lot of stories... Like this, um, specifically like kind of changeling stories where like th the fairies steal your children and they replace you with another child. Right? That's also a very similar thing. And I mean, doppelganger like tradition right, as well. Right. Those mean that you can get your person back. Right. You can you can trade them back or you can go out in there and find your child or find like if your husband has been, you know, in body snatched. You can go find him, and there's like there's a future for you there together. And this movie has a happy ending, but when she's like fighting her ex husband, that's him. And when Daniel Craig turns, that's him. And so it's it's his body and it's himself. And that's kind of like that's a way that they also try to turn her is that they're like, this is us. Like we're not lying to you. We're not different. We are just different versions of who we used to be. And it's just, you're just going to fall asleep and wake up and you'll still be the same person. You'll still have the same interest. You'll just be better and you won't be, make stupid human decisions. Basically, it's like their whole argument is like, you guys have a lot of war and you fight each other a lot. And if you just had this nice, peaceful world, then like, it could just be chill. And that's a very different story than aliens like snatching your body. And I think it's just saying something different. Which I think makes it, uh, it's a bad adaptation. Um, sure i just don't i don't think it's i think it's scary I, I actually like i think that that idea is scarier than like i can't believe how much you love this movie i don't love it i it, just don't hate it this is a this is a deep cut but uh i do wonder if you were at all reminded of the season four angel plot line of jasmine um which part it, just the just the whole aspect of trying to oh make a better world a better but like wor people have to choose yeah well it's what we were also just talking about with preacher that's different it's the same idea of, like, if something came and took over the world... Because there's, was... there's no choice in the invasion. Cho the invasion is nothing about choice. Uh, no. No, 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 no. You're right. They're asking her to choose. No, they're, they're not. Saying... They're trying to lure her out. I don't want... I actually don't yes, want... but they're this trying... This is a stupid conversation about, like, the motivations of the of the villains. My, the point is, is just, no, what you're saying of, like, um, the choice between... Or even just this, the idea, if we're not talking about choice, the idea of... This is better this better world if yeah. we if we are just peaceful and because we don't have uh we don't make choices like 
if we all just were just mindless drones who just walked around, went to our jobs and never fought each other because we weren't making choices that could sometimes lead to bad choices, would the world be better? And would that be better for us, even if it means we were like pot people? So yeah, we'll, we'll get to the, the, this movie's fucking stupid message, but. But it's a common message. Like we were just saying, it's in a lot of different things about how like the idea of the human race. And this is actually, we talked about that we had the same talk after um, World's End. It is kind of the world's end. Yeah. Is that an, an adaptation of Invasion of the Body Snatchers? I don't think so, but I think this is just a, this is just a common story. It's the same thing as Tommyknockers. It's a better adaptation of Body it's Snatchers. It's 100%, and it's more this. fun because the conversation, like if, if we're talking about the conversations being kind of similar, that like in the invasion, it's Jeremy Northam being like, Nicole Kidman, don't you want to just have world peace? And in World's End, it's so much more fun when it's this, like, alien voice booming down yeah. at them, yelling, like, you human idiots, like, don't you want to have nice lives? And they're like, no! <laughs> so, yes, it's a much better thing, but it's a, it's, it feels like a common thread of, like, what makes us human beings is our ability to make bad decisions. <laughs> and aliens keep trying to come to Earth and be like, make good decisions. That isn't the point. That isn't what happened. Like the point isn't for them to make good decisions in this movie, right? Like No, it's just it's just to yes, just to remove the lack of war and personality. Is incidental. It's to remove humans from making choices. We actually don't know. You're obsessed with choice. This movie's it's not a, about choice yes, at all. Free will. This movie's <laughs> not about free will. It it's absolutely about free will. No, it's about the propagation of the species. And they're removing people's free will. They don't care about free will. Right, they they don't care, but that's, they have that's, no interest that's one in... of their that's one of their um, selling points when they're trying to sell it to her. Again, you're acting like that's like a thing that happens. What happens is they want they're to trying submit. to lure her out. They're trying to make her stop fighting. Yes, they're they... not trying to get her to make a choice. They don't care what she they wants. They want her to make the choice to come out and submit to them. They don't care as long as they get her. I feel like the word choice is now just like meaningless. Okay. I, like we just got to stop talking about this. I want to talk about the ending. Okay. Compared to the movies. So, these other good movies, the ending of the 1956 one is the famous um, him screaming at the highway, they're already here, you're next. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a frame story to that, which is like, kind of dumb, that like, he's in like the psych ward, do you remember this at all? Yes, no, I remember this scene very specifically. Yeah. Um, or an asylum. The 1978 one ends with... Uh, Donald Sutherland, it turns out, is a pod person, which is a twist from the previous scene, because we just see them together, and they were like, um, like successfully, well, she, yeah, she escapes. They were, they were pretending to be pod people in order mm-hmm. to like escape, and then he does his like. Well, she yeah, she sees him across the thing, and she thinks that he's normal, and she like waves to him, and then he points at her and makes this like. It's the scream that like they make to alert that. Um, yes, it, is it an, it's a noise too, right? Doesn't it's kind of like a shriek? Yeah, and then his mouth looks like the sad face emoji. It like it's open really wide and it it's like look oh. like a sad face emoji. It's it's like a it's like the upside down D. Picture a D <laughs> on its side, and that's the face that he's making, a capital D. It's like the distraught face emoji. It's yeah, it's like the scream <laughs> by Edward Munch. Yes, that's the face that he's making, and he's pointing at her. Yeah. Well, the um, the reason I want to talk about this. Uh, is that they're both really bleak. The implication is that, mm-hmm. like, humanity loses, right? Yeah. So, at least at least in the short term. Mm-hmm. And in the original novel, they only have a five-year lifespan, the pod people. So they come, they... Propagate. They propagate. They wipe out an entire population and they move on. Mm-hmm. Um, because, again, that's all there is. And they leave a barren planet, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie, this fucking movie... After they get away by helicopter, um, and I have in my notes that, like, I wish we could do a shot-by-shot analysis of the entire, like, ending action sequence, because it is so absurd and so, like, over-the-top. Uh, it just cuts to, a, like, a news, like, a series of news stories about how they're... they're they've gonna, saved it. The world's okay. Yeah, it's yeah. like, there's a cure now, and nobody remembers what happened. It was as if they were in a deep sleep. Um, and they just forgot everything. And then it's just like a, a lengthy, like... Oh, they solve everything, by the way, because her son is immune. I don't know if yeah, said yeah. that. Her son's immune. We, I they said get that his blood, etc. They made the antidote. Everyone's safe. BD makes a cure, mm-hmm. presumably. Yeah. He and his, his friend also, like, he and his friend were the ones who did it together, I think. But it makes the whole movie an entire waste of time. 
Um, really? You think happy endings are a waste of time? It's not a happy ending. They, it, it's, it's, none of this movie is actually foreshadowing this. Nobody in this movie is actually working towards this. BD says he is, but it's entirely off screen. His participation in the, uh, climax of the movie is to drive a helicopter. Mm-hmm. Um... I just disagree. No, 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 no. The no. whole point of her son being immune is to do this. The son being immune is, like, no, incidental. No, no, because it introduces it, too, because her, her uh, client is also immune. So? That's, so they introduce the idea of immunity immediately. Her and Daniel Craig, do they investigate, remember, to see that it's like, oh, it's because you have chicken pox. It's this different strain of chicken pox that helps you stay immune and then she's like oh my god my son had that strain of chicken pox because that's why they're on the computer they're like researching her client history you're rolling your eyes but like you just said that they don't work towards this the entire movie that's what the entire movie is about no the entire is movie talking is about, about immunity and finding a cure stupid son he's immune that's the you just said he was incidental and now you're saying he's the entire point no, no his him being immune is incidental no the entire him, point is saving him and getting him she to does DC. not give a fuck that he's immune she does not care at all she just loves her son sure like Absolutely, but the idea is that now they have the safe place where they can go, and then it will help with the immunity. You're saying that it's not being set up at all. So your argument is that he's not even a person. He's just My argument is that they are setting up immunity from the very beginning, because one of the first scenes is her meeting with this client. The client ends up being immune. They connect up to her son. Then it's like, oh my god, get your son to uh, Fort Knox or whatever, and we will create an antidote and that is the point of the movie and that and then it works and yeah, it's happy the, the deus ex machina bullshit sure that is but don't act like they weren't setting it up the whole movie they were no they weren't um and again it's delivered entirely like through news items that are irrelevant to the plot of nicole kidman which is the only driving force that we have um and then it's like actually it was a bad idea that we cured it because of the iraq war uh everybody hates the iraq war Daniel Craig is reading about the newspaper, and she. The ending, the very end of this movie, is um, the Russian ambassador's voiceover about how humans create war, and she's like stirring her coffee. It is one of the worst endings of any movie I've ever seen in my entire life. It is intellectually insulting. Uh, it is completely out of the blue. It is. I mean, it's hard to fault the lazy filmmaking because I'm almost certain that it was the product of the rewrites and reshoots that this is not even like remotely anyone's intention and they had to Frankenstein's monster together this travesty uh but it is so horrible that I I wanted to scream I wanted to scream like Donald Sutherland at the end of 1978 speaking of that's a pretty bad ending to a movie no I know that everyone will disagree with me but I truly think that it's one of the stupidest shots in cinematic history I watched it in college because we read Invasion of the Body Snatchers and then watched the was it 58? 56. 56 and then the 78. And then we had the choice to watch Invasion, which is when I saw it for the first time. So uh, like choice. 2010. Um, and I thought that it was, I thought that the end of the 78 was so stupid. I think that it's like, I mean, we've already probably discussed in this podcast that I don't like 70s movies. You so hate like. Them. There you go. Like, I don't like the way that they're filmed, but I think it was pretty dumb. And are, do, are, do I'm ready for my lead into this? That Invasion is just kind of like a dumb go story. Ahead. Yeah. So I think one of the reasons S- I don't... Strap in, listen. I would never, I would never call The Invasion 2007 a good movie. I wouldn't even call it a fine movie. I think it's just dumb. I think it's just stupid. Like, it's not, it's not, the, I, don't, I don't think it's a travesty. I don't think it's the worst thing ever created. It's just kind of a dumb, stupid sci fi movie. And I think that it's probably, it is probably the worst of the uh, adaptations. But I don't think any of those movies are good. I think the 56 is probably the best one um, because it's doing something interesting and it was the first of its kind and it has that going for it but i think that the idea of invasion of body snatchers and we've, we've i feel like i've already said this because i've described several different adaptations that do it better um well not adaptations um what's the word like whatever tommy knockers is like riffs on riffs riffs on the same concept are so much better by the way i'm super into the world's end being a body snatchers adaptation and i'm going to go the rest of my life talking about it as though it's a right and so i think that that, and like tommy knockers is so is so similar it could almost also be called like practically an adaptation because it's the same concept here's the thing they change your biology they get into your head here's the thing that well first of all i don't remember tommy knockers super well but like uh those are the ones that are not changing your biology 
The original body snatchers, they're not. They're replacing you. They're physically replacing you with another being. Sure, that's not how Tommy Knockers is. They are they are changing the biology yes. of these people. So the invasion two thousand seven is a ripoff of Stephen King's Tommy Knockers. Fair. Because But we know because it's called the invasion that it is technically an adaptation of Body Snatchers. Sure, it's a really half-assed one. So, it is yeah. not interested in the original plot. It like it's it's right. it's going off in its own direction. What I agree with what you're tying it to um, is, I think what you, what you <laughs> please correct me if I'm wrong by prefacing what you're saying. But the Tommy Knockers thing is what's happening here. But that's not the original story of the Body Snatchers. So I think if you're no, going to take issue with I, it, they're well, separate. When things. I say when I say. When I'm talking about body snatchers in like its original, in the, if this novel, this this novella is what spawned all of these other things, Tommy Knockers, World's End, any kind of alien movie where they where uh, the people who you love and know turn into unrecognizable pod people, regardless of what pod people means, because now pod people could be used to describe anyone who's acting yeah, just a little yeah, bit strangely, yeah. like that idea that is spawned all from the novella. I think that straight-up invasion of the body snatchers adaptations that do what the novella did are boring. And I think that's why this movie's boring. I think it's why I don't like the 78 one. I think it's a boring idea. And I think that the better way to do it is do what Tommyknockers and World's End did and do something different with it and do something interesting. But it's the same idea of, like, uh, of free will. And of the people and the horror of the people that you love becoming people that you don't recognize anymore. And so my I guess my point is just that, like, I think that Invasion, that the Invasion 2007 uh, suffers because it is an adaptation of a boring story and they didn't do anything new or interesting or different with it. They just let it be what the original is. And th- them trying to be like, oh, it's scientifically more interesting is they did a bad job with that. And they could have done maybe something more interesting with the science if they hadn't half-assed the science, as we said earlier. Yeah. So, like, I just think that this movie suffers because it's it comes from a bad source. I think that's... I want to I dig into this. So, I want to know more about why you hate this trope. Because it's really more I don't the, hate the trope. I actually love the trope. No, because you think that it's a bad idea. That, like, the people you love being replaced by the versions themselves. You just said that was a bad idea. It is a boring idea by itself. I didn't say it was bad, I said it was boring. And I think that it needs something else. Okay, so... Because that's what this movie is. All this movie is, is the people that you love are, are different. Right, okay, so... That's all a, it is. That's, the, a, that's all there is in this movie. There's a real psychiatric disorder called the Capgris Delusion that I wish this movie mm-hmm. would have played with because she's a fucking psychiatrist and it would have made sense. Yeah. Um, which is a real thing, where people think that the their friends or their family members have been replaced by an identical imposter. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a poorly understood disorder. It is not well documented. Yeah. I bet it's probably a lot of it just seems like it'd be um, called schizophrenia. It is. It is usually yeah, yeah, yeah. considered as a subset of, um, or a symptom of paranoid schizophrenia yeah. rather than as its own thing. Uh-huh. But um, there's a lot of the, the research that's been done. A lot of it is about emotional response to faces. Like you see a face that you, should recognize and you have a, a response that um, triggers you that that's not that's not the person even though right it is right um it like again, I'm a little bit spitballing here but like I find that super interesting and I find I mean you brought up changelings before that's a little different but I mean that's like a different um, same idea though it's a different myth you know that, yes. that comes out of yes uh, I find I find doppelgangers and doubles fascinating I'm a big do this you have is an like, example of that because I don't know what you're talking about when you say that do you mean, do you mean the concept of them. Um, when they're executed, like, the concept of them being executed as a source of horror. I mean, like, the most obvious thing, and this is, like, silly, but, like, there's, like, five Brian De Palma movies about it, and they're all probably because Vertigo is, like... Oh. Uh, like, there's the Kim Novak um, double. Um, the Brian De Palma movie, there's, like, um, there's there's Body Double, there's... Now that you say that, though, actually, I, I just realized I just read a novel that was about doppelgangers. Oh, you did? Yeah, That's yeah. what the likeness is about. Right. Is that she stumbles upon a... Well, she finds... Like, they, they call her. She's a cop. That's more and, of a mystery, though, right? Yes, but it, there's a horror aspect in that, like, her friends call her and they say, come to this crime scene, and she looks down into the mud and sees herself, and it's right. like her doppelganger. Well, I like the idea of, like, doubles being... Again, I'm saying very specifically doubles, 
being a source of like really interesting horror stories. And so I think that like the other body snatchers work because you are being physically, your body is being physically replaced and the people in your life have no idea. Mm -hmm. This you are becoming in the invasion. I mean, you are becoming transformed. And I think that is a, that is such a different thing that I don't find that interesting. Cause I don't think the total opposite. I don't think that's a fair, like that's a, a good direction to take what I think is, an, is a good conceit, which is you are being physically replaced. Don't you think that's just you? This is what I'm saying. Is that, that's, a, that's a you thing. No, because you like 90, doppelgangers. No, because 98% of people or critics of Rotten Tomatoes think these other movies are good. and Well, there's a lot of other factors there. Sure. Like, but it's better filmmaking, of course. None of those people think that those are boring movies that were saved by their film, or boring ideas that were saved by their film. Yeah, and that's my thing. I'm not saying that that's true. I'm talking about my personal opinion. And I think sure. it's your personal opinion that doppelgangers and doubles are more interesting than aliens changing your biology, and I happen to disagree with that, but that's my opinion. Sure. So you hate, do you, you don't, you don't like any of that. You don't like the idea of the Capcrest delusion being used for horror. You don't like doppelgangers or Well, changelings. I don't like the idea of the Capcrest delusion being used for horror. It's something we've always talked about, like, we shouldn't use mental illnesses for horror. Okay, that's not what I mean. Okay, as a... This idea of... The yes, they absolutely should have gone into it in this movie. 100%. No, setting aside the original source material of this Jack Fenny novel, um, mm-hmm. the idea of doubles predates that. The idea of, like... Yes, of course. Sinister doppelgangers. Yeah. Does that core element not interest you? Not terribly. Okay. That was a very that's, long-winded... That's like, what I'm saying. I think that you find the doppelganger thing so much more intriguing than I do. I like Invasion and Tommyknockers being about something changing your physical being. In spite of the hand-wavy bullshit of it just rewrites your DNA. Oh, this movie does it poorly. Absolutely. Tommyknockers, I mean, Tommyknockers is 900 pages. Like, yeah. it goes so deeply into, like, how it, the sound yeah. waves and how it's, it's something about this town and people can't leave or come in without dying because if you, you have to, like, acclimate to the way that the ship is and the waves that it's putting off and it's so much more interesting. Like, Stephen King is obviously one of the masters like we're not i don't i'm not trying to argue that invasion makes sense or that it's good i'm just saying the core aspect of it of replacing bodies uh the i guess if we're framing it like this like for me horror like what scares me i would be more afraid of getting sick or being exposed to something that took my personality away rather than someone creating an exact copy of me and not replacing me with my family and friends. Because at the end of the day, in that situation, I would still be me. And retaining my personality is is utmost importance to me. And the idea of an alien or a sickness or a virus or whatever, rewriting my my body and making me make different choices and (laughs) taking away my free will uh, is more terrifying to me than the other. I really want to know what our listeners think about this. I, yeah, I, yeah. Because we are so... We're on the opposite side Vehemently of polarized. Yeah. <laughs> Which well, scares you more? Yeah. Body would, doubles or... Or even, did it just care, like, interest you more? Which, sure, which yeah. do you think is a better... Um, Tactic. Yeah. Before, if you were an alien, what would you do? <laughs> <laughs> Before we move on, I just want to say, at least for my own gratification aside, um, sitting here, there are so... Many Brian De Palma movies. Uh, <laughs> I thought of another one. So, Brian De Palma oh movies that are about double. There's Body Double. There's Obsession. There's Femme Fatale. There's Dress to Kill. And there's Sisters. And, like, Brian De Palma. Cut it out. Yeah. It's nutty. That's so, really funny. But, I, there was a horror book that I read when I was little called The Stranger Inside Me or The Stranger Beside Me by Lois Lowry. Who wrote a, not Lois Lowry. Lois... Not Lane. That's a different person. <laughs> Lois... <laughs> Oh, horror writer Lois someone. She wrote Killing Mr. Griffith. She wrote um, Stranger Beside Me. And it was about, like, it was the same thing. Like, it was two twin uh, twin sisters. And one of them was, like, evil and um, took over the life of the other one. Duncan. Lois Duncan. Correct. Um, it's They're great books. If anyone's ever looking for horror books. I, I'm always looking for horror books. And they're excellent. But there's a double one in that. Maybe you should read it. It's pr- it's really spooky. There's um, what's the thing where you walk around in dreams and you project yourself places? Astral projection. Yes, there's astral projection in it. It's a great book. No screaming book club. <laughs> you should. Oh my god, that's so fun. <laughs> okay. Any anything else you want to like 
talk about with this movie. I really... Uh, the only other thing I wanted to say that I hate about the invasion, and this is, like, just again down to, it, like, its laziness, um, is that they didn't have enough consistency with the aliens. Because um, most of them are, like, flat, expressionless... They have maintained so little of their original personalities, and they're not faking it. They're not like it's not like, it's not like body doubles where they're like inserting yourself into your lives. Yeah. They are they are obviously aliens, but there's like one or two times in this movie when someone is really accurately like faking it. I think it's the it's her secretary who's yeah, yeah. like, oh she's not here. Oh it's like call back in a few minutes, and then like. Hangs up the phone and then like assumes her alien persona. And, like, spits in her coffee. Or whatever. Yeah, and I was like, don't do. No, they can't do that. That's yep. not. They're not. They don't have that ability. They are them. The aliens and they 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 win. They're winning by sheer numbers, not because they're tricky. And I don't like that. I want consistency with my aliens. A hundred percent. Yeah. No, I agree. It sucks. I think that was it. I didn't take that many notes. Uh, one of the things I did say was that I just do like this. I like. Um, this kind of story. I like aliens, and I like uh, taking over bodies. Just not in doppelgangers. I'm sorry to everyone who had to watch this movie. I'm sorry <laughs> to everyone involved in making it, because I, I think everyone had a bad time. Yeah, poor Nicole Kidman. I'm yeah. really sad for her. Poor, poor Hirschbeigel, who got replaced. Poor Wachowskis. And James who had to replace James him. Fatigue, who had to, like, <laughs> pick up the slack. Uh, yeah. This this ten year culmination of me starting watching this movie in the theater and then now having to finally I can't finish it. it's ten years later. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so funny. Our long national nightmare is finally over. Yeah, you can you can finally you know be at peace. Be at peace. All right, are you ready to uh, play with some translucent skin and then have our? Oh, I knew you were gonna say that somehow. <laughs> and I really hoped you wouldn't, and yet have our faces. Yeah, this be movie ends happily, covered. so it's fine. Let's go to sleep and become aliens. God. Are you ready? Let's, uh, yeah, let's spin that roulette. Our next movie will be... The Unborn. That sounds like a, like a abortion movie. I don't know if I want to be, like, inundated with that right now. Starring Odette Annabelle, Gary Oldman, and Idris Elba. I'm so pumped. Directed by David S. Goyer. I don't know who that is. He wrote all the fucking, like, DC Universe movies. Oh, for real? Yes. Like the ones that are currently coming out? Unfortunately. Oh my god. Okay, well. All the be, bad ones. It's gonna be fucking gritty as and, shit. And the good one. The one good one. No, well, he didn't write Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's really good. I have, I have a... I, I'm worried this is gonna be like an abortion thing. I'm a little nervous about it. Now Screaming tackles abortion. It's called The Unborn. Like, what am I supposed to think? I don't know. I'm, I'm a little nervous. It. It's fine. We've done worse. We've always done worse. All right, so tune in in two weeks to hear us talk about The Unborn. It's a 92% match for me on Netflix, so hopefully that bodes well. Until then, you can always check us out on our website at nowscreaming.com. And on Twitter and Facebook at nowscreaming. Please do let us know. Your feelings on yeah, body do- replacements and transformations. Yeah, doppelgangers versus uh, personality changers. Also, if you have stories about being kicked out of the theater, I would love to hear them. Especially if they're horror movies. Yeah. I didn't get kicked out of a theater, but my craziest experience about watching a movie in a theater was watching Scary Movie 4. Um, it was a re- It's not a scary movie, although there's weirdly scary elements of that movie. But, like, it was a... One of those, like, movie theater experiences where people are, like, throwing popcorn and everybody's yelling at each other. And, like, it's like being, like, a Shakespeare play, like, mm-hmm. in, like, the olden days. And it's, like, there's just a floor and everyone's just, like, milling around yelling at each other. It's like it's, the opening of Scream 2? Yes, it was. It was, like, because it, it's a franchise film. And, like, there were, like, young, there were just teenagers, like, running rampant everywhere. Like, it was terrifying. I was a teenager at the time, though, so there maybe I was terrifying some adult somewhere. <laughs> Uh, be sure to rate and review the podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, as someone has recently told me that it's called now, that that's how you do what? it. Do you rate things on Apple Podcasts? I don't use that I app. I don't know. But I don't know. I don't know. Whatever podcast app you use. Please rate us. If you can rate us on it. Review. And review us. Subscribe. Subs- do everything you do can. Do all those things. Press all those buttons. If you Also, if you know what this person was talking about when they told me it's Apple Podcasts, please let me know. Also, I just thought of this. If you have a friend who likes horror movies and podcasts, 
tell them about us. Oh, yeah. Be like, hey. That's even better than subscribing. Evan and Liz are talking about horror movies. Look Please. Them up. Look them up. Tell your friends. Remind them. We're don't watching it so you don't have to. <laughs> so don't be afraid. Yeah. To listen. And not watch those and not watch bad those movies. movies. Don't watch The Invasion. Please don't, don't watch do them. <laughs> Just listen and enjoy and have a good time with us. Yeah. Thanks, as always, to Wes Craven for making Scream 2. You just brought that up because I brought up Scream 2. Yeah. I like to thank Wes Craven for not making a dumb alien movie. Did he not? I wonder what Wes Craven would have said about uh, doppelgangers versus personality changers. I don't think he made any alien movies. Fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. We'll never know what he, we'll never know what he, how he felt about it. About where he'd fall on this. You know, apparently he's given... He gave so many in-depth interviews about his approach to making movies and storytelling and everything, like more than most directors do. Um, he left a long legacy of his thoughts on things. Maybe we can find out. Yeah. Let's look it up. Research do some research. Time. Do some research. Do some research. All right. We are back for real this time, guys. Yay. The, we're, we're up and ready in the studio slash closet. Yeah. See you in a couple weeks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.